Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and I'm excited to introduce you to a lawyer by day, mind body healer by night, Gary Goldman. Hi, Mara. How are you? Good, great Good, to be Gary. here. Thank you. Thanks for having us all the way from the East Coast, as I'm here in uh, sunny California. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm very, uh, actually, I'm very honored, privileged, and humbled that you've asked me to join you today. So thank you to share my journey with you. So thank you so much for that. Yes. And speaking of your journey, we're so excited. If you could share with us a little bit about your background, growing up and then becoming a lawyer and then moving a little more into the holistic mind-body work that you do. Sure. Um, yeah, I grew up in Long Island, New York. Um, uh, one sister. Um, and then, you know, as, as the years went on, I decided to uh, go to law school as my father is a lawyer as well. And um, I'm, I have a law practice in New York in Westchester and Manhattan, a real estate firm. Um, and pretty busy now, thank God. But um, so that's like my, my short journey of uh, my professional life. Um, you know, most up until a certain time in my life, I was uh, healthy. Um, and then various illnesses came into play, which we'll get to in a moment. But that's uh, my brief background. Beautiful. So let's talk. Let's get straight into it, right? We're talking about wellness. Um, your journey to wellness. So at what age did you start experiencing um, so either physical or emotional um, disturbances? What were those and how did you treat them with Eastern and Western medicine? Wonderful. So I go back now about 30, 35 years ago goes back. Um, my senior year in college, I went to school outside of Boston. Um, I was diagnosed with um, ulcerative colitis. Um, don't get into, have to get into the gory details of what that illness is about, but I was diagnosed there alone, scared, so on and so forth. Um, started going on medications uh, to deal with that. Fast forward a few months after I graduated, I came back to New York where I started Brooklyn Law School. And during my first semester of Brooklyn Law School, um, I started getting these unbelievable headaches, um, pounding migraine headaches. I really wasn't able to function um, on a daily basis. I wasn't able to go to school. Um, it was a time that I was getting ready to get engaged to be married. Um, I was 22 years old. Um, and I was going to, um, there are different doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Um, I would just sit in my room some days. Um, I remember I went to chiropractors, went to different doctors to try to figure out what was happening. The chiropractor would give me to make an adjustment and I'd feel better temporarily. I remember sitting in Temple one year Kipper. I just couldn't function anymore. I went home. I called the chiropractor on your Kipper, came to my home. And it was just very, very difficult, a uh, very difficult time. And no one knew what was going on. I was trying to get scary. They do all tests and on and so forth. No one could figure out what was going on. Um, and go to somebody who does what's called biofeedback relaxation exercises. And not knowing what, what this is at all at that time, 
biofeedback is a lot different than it was then. But what did I do? I went to this lady who who up to like other visions with little pictures attached to my finger. I used to temperature body blood flow. And she made me relax it back, maybe you're on a beach, relaxing, using on and so forth. And for the first three or four sessions, I had no idea, which I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I thought it was, it was crazy. I would say by the fifth session, I was able to understand what she was talking about and actually able to control the blood flow and the temperature of my body, understand, and she was also speaking to me, controlling the blood flow in the back of the neck and the brain and all that, and I got it. And all of a sudden, we have, after so many people couldn't, under, couldn't figure it out, this was my first introduction to mind-body healing. Um, to go back a second, I remember even during this time before I even went to her, you know, going for the wedding ring, um, with my mother and my grandmother, I was in the bathroom throwing up that entire time period um, because I, I, I didn't know, you know, it was just part of the illness. And, um, and then this, this treatment was just unbelievable. And to this day, if I never get a headache, and if I do, I can control my breathing in two or three minutes and just the blood flow, the body temperature, the tension in certain parts of the body, whether it's shoulder shrugged or the forehead or the leg tension in the body, I can control that and then eliminate that headache. It is just so incredible that that happened. Um, and I use those techniques to this, to this day. And then this person just became my therapist, um, my psychotherapist for many years, dealing with all the, you know, every, anybody, any reason anybody goes to a therapist, she was there for me, um, especially the beginning of the marriage, so on and so forth. So that was my real first introduction to mind-body healing. As the years went on, um, I was still dealing with the colitis. Um, I've had good years. I had bad years. It was active. It was in remission. Um, I was on uh, medication, um, on steroids many times when I had a lot of inflammation. I was actually hospitalized two or three times over those years. Um, for maybe a week or 10 days because the oral steroids weren't working. So I had to go on IV steroids. And one very important point I want to make right now is that during all those years, not one doctor said to me that stress or nutrition has any effect on the colitis. And um, yeah, I mean, looking back at it now, and we'll get to that in a moment, I, 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 I didn't know anything. I didn't know any better. I'm just relying on the doctors to tell me to guide me, what medications to go on, hospitalized, so on and so forth. So, so the years gone went by, and then, you know, I was married. I was starting to have children. Have children. The business was starting to build. And after a number of years, I started um, having tremendous back pain. And this is a big key to this whole my whole journey. The back pain developed. I was it was on and off for years, on and off for years. Um, every all the MRIs and the X-rays had shown that I was. Um, I had a disc sitting on the nerve and all the doctors would say I had, you know, herniated disc, so on and so forth. And I needed surgery. I was told by a number of doctors, you know, take off a week from work, just lay rest in bed and the disc will go back into place. And I did that a number of times over the years and it worked for a little while, but it never really, um, it never really went away. And then there was one year where practically for a year, it probably goes back now, 13, 14 years that I had, I couldn't function as a human being. I barely went to work. When I went to work, I basically crawled into the office. I wasn't too much of a father. I wasn't much of a husband. I mean, I was just in excruciating pain. I was on 
tremendous amounts of medication. Um, I was could barely crawl to the bathroom at times. I was in, in the, you know, went to the emergency room to get shots in the back. I literally was on, Mara, I was on a combination of 180 milligrams of Oxycontin at the worst possible time, at the worst time of this, combined with Percocet, combined with antidepressants. I was going for epidural shots. I was speaking to energists. I was trying to do whatever I could in life to be able to function. And every time I go to a doctor, they never saw anything. The top orthopedic surgeons at uh, Columbia Presbyterian, the top neurosurgeons at Mount Sinai, everybody was saying the same thing. And I just, and I heard them and I listened. I said, okay, maybe I have to surrender to that. Until I was told about a Dr. John Sarno. Dr. John Sarno at NYU, um, I started reading his book and I heard people who were healed by him. His book is called The Mind-Body Prescription. I have it right here and I'll go over that later. It's my Bible. And um, I started reading the book, Mara, and the tears would start coming down the pages as I would be laying home from work because I wasn't able to function. It talked about repressed rage, repressed anger, how psychological factors affect the pain in the body, uh, the personality and the character traits of people, goodism, perfectionism, um, the unconscious mind being the most important part of this. They, repressing the emotions in the unconscious mind because those emotions are too powerful to allow it to come to the conscious mind. So the mind and the body start playing games with each other. This is just a summary of Sarno. And therefore what happens, this pain in the body to divert attention from those very challenging and difficult and painful emotions to deal with on the conscious level. And I was reading the book and I went to see Dr. Sarno. And he said to me, there's nothing, he examined me. He says, there's nothing physically wrong with you. This is all psychological pain. A lot of it, the book says that a lot of his, 20% of his patients just read the book and get better. 80%, I'm sorry, of his, of his patients just read the book and get better. But 20% need additional psychotherapy. Of course, me being one of the 20%. Um, he, um, he said I should go to one of his thera trained therapists. I said to him, you know what? I have my own therapist. I've had her for years. I'm just going to stay there. And he would then say to me, but, she, but she, she, they're not one of my trained therapists. I got all this. I still never went to his therapist. I got this, um, but I could not get better. Um, again, all these medications I was on. It was a very, very, very dark time of, of my life. So at one point, I spent 10 days um, in Hackensack Medical Center on morphine IV. That The, the pain was so incredibly intense. Rabbis would come visit me in the hospital to comfort me. I would read um, Viktor Frankl's uh, book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, you know, how, how people survive the Holocaust with the, with the whole mind, you know, all that. I mean, that's where I was. That was so it was like survival, I'm not comparing myself to that time, but God forbid, but it's just survival mode. I got out of the hospital. And again, this is a time of, you know, business issues, financial issues, marriage problems, all the pressures of that. And um, I came out of the hospital and I surrendered to, um, and I agreed to have the surgery, the spinal fusion surgery, knowing that I was gonna be walking around the rest of my life with rods and screws in my back. I'm thinking about, you know, going to the airport and I'm gonna beep every time I go. <laughs> 10 days before the scheduled surgery, I actually went to get all the preliminary blood work, so on and so forth. My ex-wife drove me into Manhattan. I remember laying down in the back of the van 
I just want to stop for a second. This is like it's getting, this is bringing back memories. It's, it's emotional. And, um, and every time we hit a bump in the road, I'd be spasming. I'd be screaming in the car. Um, because spasms was a big part of the, all of this pain over the years. And um, I got all the blood tests. I'm ready to, you know, 10 days, I'm going to have the surgery. I went home that weekend. I read Sarno's book again and again and again, because I just knew this was the truth, but I just couldn't get out of my way. I called Dr. Sarno Monday morning. I said, Dr. Sarno, I scheduled the surgery now. It's now a week away. I'm ready to go see one of your psychotherapists. God, I remember this was like yesterday. He said, I'm not giving you the name of my psychotherapist until you cancel the surgery. And I battled with him about it. I said, what are you talking about? You know? And he basically said to me, and I remember the words to this day, either you're their patient or you're my patient. I, I didn't really understand it then. I understand that. But where am I? Am I there in that world or am I in his world? I canceled the surgery. He gave me the name of the therapist. For three straight days, my business partner drove me from Westchester to right near the Empire State Building on 34th Street. I crawled into her office. I was laying down on the floor, tears coming out. I started facing my demons, all the issues that were going on with me in my life. And I tell you, Mara, 12 weeks later, I was back in the gym doing my yoga. I have not had pain in all of these, it's now about 12 years, I haven't had pain. If I do feel a twinge coming on of pain, I stop myself. I ask myself, what am I repressing? What's going on in my unconscious mind? Is it a fight with my business partners? Is it something to do with my children? Is it something to do with any relationship I have with mommy, daddy? You know, these are all the issues I faced with the therapy, mommy, daddy, business, all the relationships, everything that we all deal with. And... Um, yeah, and that's where, and that's where, and I haven't, and I, so I, so I, I go to that place now if it comes, and once it, become, once it comes to the conscious mind, you don't necessarily, say, you don't have to necessarily solve the problems, but the mindfulness and awareness of those emotions, as long as it's coming to the conscious mind, it's not buried in the unconscious mind, there's no trick that the mind and the body have to play on each other, and, um, and that's where I am now. Um, you know, when I was coming off the medications, all the doctors were asked, were telling me, be careful, you might be addicted to these medications. But the truth of the matter is, when I came off these medica medications gradually, I was fine. Why? Because these medications weren't helping me. The Oxycontin and Percocet, they weren't helping me. Why? Because it was, it was real pain, and I, I felt it, but it was psychological pain, not physical pain. And those are the words that I, I have in my mind for you know, for many, many years. Since then, so at that time, I lectured on Dr. Sarno's panels very often. He invited me. He had a baby, two, 250 of his patients in a, in a gymnasium at NYU, one of the conference rooms at NYU. Many of them would come, at, come to me afterwards and say, oh my God, you should be a motivational speaker. Um, since that time, I've trained at the Center for Mind-Body Medicine, learning self-care tools and techniques to share, to share with others. Um, and then, um, you know, I still have all of the, um, I'm still dealing, even after that, you know, spreading the word and speaking to people and helping people, I, I was still dealing with the colitis that was still on and off for many years. So now understanding that stress, anxiety, tension have an effect on the entire body, 
I started, and that and then I got involved with nutrition, seeing another doctor, the nutrition has an effect. I work, I, the colitis was in remission for many, many, many years. Um, and this is, this is where about three years ago, going for my yearly colonoscopy, I was died after about 32 years of having colitis. I was diagnosed, I had a high grade dysplasia, which is a precursor to cancer. So this shocked, this rocked my world that after all of these years of doing all this work and helping others and understanding the mind-body connection, I was told that I need to have my colon taken out. And I went back and forth on this marathon for, for a number of months with my girlfriend, my life partner, you know, and we decided it was emotional discussions and, and we decided that, you know what, you know, there's a, there's a place in this world for Western medicine as well. And the thought of, you know, maybe trying to heal this holistically, uh, naturally, I couldn't imagine myself going through every day of my life wondering, is it, is, do I have cancer? Do I not have the C word? You know, I, you know, I just, I, I, that in itself would have caused me more anxiety and more stress just thinking about that every day. Um, how, how to go, you know, should I go that route or not? But we decided that, um, so I had the surgery about two and a half years ago. And today I'm happy to say that I'm living a, a different life. I didn't realize so much how much the impact of the, uh, the, um, the symptoms of colitis had on me and how much stress it caused on me on an everyday basis of my travels, everywhere I went, being worried about I need the next bathroom, so on and so forth, without getting into the details. So um, I had it and we're in a just, I'm just in a much um, better place right now um, with everything. Um, I can tell you how I, should I speak now about how I'm paying it forward, what I'm doing? This is a good time to continue that? Um, not yet. But we'll get to that shortly because um, we're going to be taking a break in a minute. Okay. Because this has been so wonderful. And I love the combination um, with the Western medicine and the Eastern and that, you know, just listening to yourself and trusting your gut, which to do when. Um, and you are such an inspiration. So this is a perfect point. Why don't we take a um, 30 second, one minute break and we'll be right back to continue. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that
that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mara James, and today we have a lawyer by day, mind-body healer by night, Gary Goldman. We're back. Okay. (laughs) So, Gary, my first question um, for you is the difference of the therapist that you were seeing before Sarno and then Sarno's uh, recommended therapist. Very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, the Sarno trained therapist really, I mean, the first one was unbelievable. I mean, got me through so many difficult times in life. Um, you know, law school, beginning of marriage, you know, through that migraine headache, so on and so forth. And there for me many, many years talking things out and going to all the core issues, no question about that. But the real difference is being trained, a therapist being trained, understanding the deep, deep connection between that mind and the body, that interaction between the mind and the body, knowing that emotions and the personality has an, you know, an incredibly tremendous impact on the functioning and health of virtually every cell in the body. And that's really, you know, the, and the repressed emotions, that's, that's a key part of it. So I think being trained by that, by the Dr. Sarno method, not that any therapist doesn't understand it, but everybody's different, everybody has their strengths. And then having this really made a difference. And I've re- referred so many people uh, to her over the years where and she's helped them all, not just with back pain or anything, but any kind of illness whatsoever, knowing that 99% of illnesses in my mind are, are caused by psychological, psychosomatic, you know, emotions, factors. So that's a real, that's a real main difference, you know, along the line, you know, it's the book that you read the book and then you have somebody who's living it and preaching it and teaching it hands on directly with my issues and my illnesses going on. So that's what, uh, you know, I really understand that interaction between the mind and the body to summarize that. Wow, that's so powerful. And I always tell people whenever there's any physical ailment um, to Google the spiritual meaning of whatever it is. If you hurt like your pinky finger or your left pointer or whatever, you know, I had a friend that had a kidney transplant and looking into and finding out that anger is with the kidney. It has been so powerful. And I, um, I did, I studied psychology undergrad, but I, I don't have the patience to be there and talk to a client. But it, so I'm like one of those people like from New York, straight to the point. Here's right. what's going on in the body. Here's the emotion. Where's it coming from? Oh, yes, your husband. Well, let's go back when you're a little child. And I'm just like, you know, that rapid. Um, so that's powerful. So mm-hmm. the other thing is between the, um, the two different therapists, did one of, was one of them a little more direct or if you had some um, subconscious um, thoughts or memories that were in your consciousness, did, was one of like, was the original one waiting for you to bring that up versus the second one might've um, brought them up for you? Yes, I that is true. And I think the second one um, kicked my ass more. <laughs> I needed, I need, I needed, a, I needed a whipping. Um, you know, ego getting in the way very often. I mean, I spoke the ego was always a factor, but really more so as the years went on. And, um, and, the different, and the diff, I guess the different pressures as the years went on with family and financial uh, responsibilities as opposed to it was, you know, when I was first starting, you know, law school. 
um, and those are in those early years. So um, yeah, I mean, those are all. I recommend honestly. I recommend different people to both therapists at this point. You know, just depending on what the situation is. So. Right. Oh, that is so wonderful. And what have you noticed about your learning and studies about the mind-body connection and how it affects your daily life as a lawyer working with your clients? Thank you. Yes. So this is um, really where I've, I've learned a lot over the years by the training at the Center for, Center for Mind-Body Medicine, learning the, the, the self-care tools and techniques. Um, I've... I help my staff. I do meditation classes for the staff. Um, I love, we have about 40 people working for us now. Um, you know, sometimes some of them are ready to jump off the roof. Um, and I use, I help them keep calm. I know that it's helped increase um, the way I deal with clients. Um, even in the midst of chaotic moments, and there's plenty of those, these tools help me keep calm whenever and wherever. It helps me listen better. I do so now, and I created before the pandemic, I created a course called Mindfulness for the Real Estate Professional. And I've had real estate brokers, I've done about seven or eight of them, maybe 25, 30, 35 people coming to each session for about an hour and a half. I tell my story, we're all in this same business. Um, we, share, we, we, we share, I do a, a meditation, a visualization, and I do a listening exercise. We learn nobody listens to each other. You know, where people talk over each other, where you're ready to, you know, when people are speaking, you're not even listening to what they're saying. You're ready, to, you're ready with your answer. People don't, we don't listen. So I do a listening exercise. So that, and teaching the staff, and teaching my colleagues, and, you know, networking in business to listen to people. What are their needs? What are they really asking for? And even in the real estate closing. So that has helped me. I've got compliments from attorneys some, sometimes, you know, walking into a tense situation. And I take this, and everybody's at each other's throats sometimes, and I come in. And I just, okay, I hear everybody's side. I'll call them out of the room. And I remember one attorney called me the day after the closing and said, that closing would not have taken place without you. You just calmed everybody and you listened. The seller didn't want to, I don't know what it was. The refrigerator wasn't working. Or when they compromised, they had to settle, you know. But nobody was listening to each other until I got there. So I don't even know I'm doing it. It just has come naturally uh, to me. And um, so this is what I, I try to, I wish, I wish someone was there 30 years ago for me, like I am now for others who could have helped me um, navigate this journey I was on. And so I've really committed myself to paying this forward. And when I help people, I hear people's stories and I tell them about the book or they hear it and they, and they heal from it. There is nothing else more rewarding to me more of a pep in my step for that. And he wants me to do more. I guess, you know, being of service to others is really my, you know, what I want as, as, my, as the years go on, which I want to do. You know, always remembering that, you know, we can and do make ourselves sick. So if we can make ourselves sick, we can certainly heal ourselves and make, and, and make us better. Because you can't separate the mind and the body in, in healing. Our bodies speak to us 24-7. They're always speaking to us. Um, and that's what I, uh, you know, one person who had back pain for years, I told them about this book on a Friday. They read the book. They got it. They understood it. Every, everything came to the conscious mind and their pain was gone. They hadn't felt. So when something like that happens, I mean, how can you not help, you know, want to share that with, with, with people? And as far as my own, you know, meditation process, you know, 
Do I do it every minute of every day? Of course not. Sometimes it's two minutes in the morning. Sometimes it's 10 minutes in the morning. But I feel like I live the mindful life every day, whether I'm, you know, in the streets of New York City before the pandemic, it's always hustle bustle. People are always running. And I found myself, even if I'm not in a rush, I'm going with them. So I take a deep breath. I could be on a bus. I could be on a subway. Close my eyes for two or three minutes and just the trigger points, the, the jaws clenched, the forehead all scrunched up, the, um, the shoulders shrug, whatever it is, that awareness and mindfulness. And like anything else, Mara, it's practice, practice, practice. Just like a, a yoga, just like a juggler. If you practice juggling for 20 years, you can become a good juggler. So just like anything else, um, it's practice, practice, practice. So I think, you know, that's, I, I, you know, I, I have to tell you, speaking about this now, I don't speak about it often anymore, but how therapeutic it is for me to discuss this. It brings back a lot of memories. Um, it is energizing me. It energizes me when, again, when I help others heal. And um, I like to say life has kicked me in the butt many, many times, but I'm here alive and kicking to tell about it. And I can't, I, the opportunity that, you know, I know we're not done yet, but I just want to, again, thank you for allowing me to share and open myself up and become vulnerable to, um, yeah, just thank you. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> thank you. Oh, no, we, and we're so grateful. You know, I feel like those of us um, that have been kicked in the butt and the bigger the downfall, the big breakdown, the bigger the breakthrough. So we both had some big breakthroughs. And it's just so important for us to be vulnerable and honest about it. So others, to encourage others to do the same and to let them know that healing is possible. You know, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional and people do not realize that. And if we get to help them realize that, their lives can transform. So that Got is it. beautiful. Um, do you see yourself in the future at some point giving up law work? Do you see yourself being paid to do mind-body work? Have you thought about any of this? Every day of my life, I think about it, yes. Um, my, my goal is to, over the years, gradually um, you know, get away from the practice. Always have the practice, but I have new partners now, and it's not being involved with the daily operations and management as much as I was. And yes, and giving of myself to, you know, there's organizations that I know about, but you know, I'm very connected with Israel or here. People have gone through trauma um, to help with that. And uh, yes, because I know how powerful this work is. And there's no question that is my, um, I have hopefully many, many, many years ahead of me to help others. And that is my true God honest in the body feeling and wanting to do this uh, as my uh, goal. I think I was pretty, you and I have had conversations about our purpose in life of being here. And maybe all of this was given to me so I can help others. There's a reason for everything, right? And to yeah. share, and share your journeys and share your experiences and share the healing. And I yeah. think that's no, uh, there's no question about it. That's where I'm going with all of this. That is wonderful. Wow. And to be able to bring this stuff to Israel while they're going, they're going to all, lots of them will have, you know, and everyone all over from COVID having, you know, and being in a war, having anxiety and having PTSD. And, um, you know, we're going to have stressors in life, but the more we could um, not be reactive to them and just come is beautiful. Um, so this, I always like to be proactive. However, I noticed that there has to be like a crack in the rock to let the light in. So as much as I try to be proactive, I find that it's a lot of reactive. So we tried to work with pregnant women, but if they didn't have an issue. They really weren't open. They didn't realize they needed to change or they get to change. 
Whereas once there's um, something going on, like for me, you know, with the child's mental health and the parent will start looking in their in the mirror. Do you think that um, it's feasible that people could be more proactive versus reactive to the mind-body connection? It's tough. Because, you know, I ask myself, if I didn't have these illnesses, would I have been involved with this? And, you know, probably, you know, not. Yeah. Um, so when people are feeling okay, there's no, there's no need to be proactive, I guess. Um, so people who have gone through it and hear other people's stories, then, they'll, then, then they sort of, I, I guess they get involved with that. You know, just to go, go back to something you said before, if I can, to the, um, and by the way, yeah, the, break, the breakdowns and the breakthroughs. You know, we've learned that, I've learned that, you know, through the education I've taken, landmark education, and um, the bigger the breakdown, the bigger the breakthrough. And as those breakdowns were going on during those very, very dark times, I finally got to a place where I was embracing the breakdowns because I knew that at some point the breakthrough was going to happen. It could be two weeks, two months, six months, I don't know. But I knew that the bigger the breakdown, that breakthrough was coming and that breakthrough was going to be even more powerful than the breakthrough we've had before. So it took a long time to get there, of course, because you, when you go into the breakdown, you're not thinking about a breakthrough. You're in the depths of darkness. But I got to that point where, yeah, okay, this is okay. This is okay. So it's, uh, that, that term always uh, reminds me of, you know, of embracing the breakdown. Because you don't know what's, because it's going to be so powerful what comes through at some point. That is so powerful because so many people go down to that dark place and they just they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel or a way out and they either self-medicate they take their own life and um so that's really powerful that you realize that you were there and it was only it was part of the journey it wasn't the destination wow right. beautiful yeah. um yeah. gary if people want to get in touch with you what's the best way perfect um you get in touch with me my email is gary goldman 64 at Gmail, Gary Goldman 64 at Gmail. My cell number is 914-584-8181. Whoever's listening, please do not hesitate to call. I live for this. If I don't talk to you right away, I'll get back to you. I promise, don't be shy. Um, and Mara, I just wanna to say to you, you know, the work you're doing in this world is God's work. I say, he really say, call a kavod. And the, your honor for what you do um, to help others. You're a tremendous inspiration to me as well. And whatever I can do as time goes on, just, you know, always please call upon me. I just want to say again, this, I'm not promoting, I don't get any sense from this. It's called the Mind Body Prescription by Dr. John Sarno. And if I can just read one paragraph here, I'll take 30, 30 seconds that summarize, I guess, my life. Conflicts rage constantly in the unconscious, born of the various elements that represent the mosaic of the human psyche. These conflicts result in the development of emotions that cannot be tolerated and therefore must be repressed. Because these undesirable feelings appear to strive for recognition, the mind must do something to prevent them from coming to consciousness, hence the mind-body symptom. This book explores the nature and content of these undesirable feelings and explains why the mind chooses to mask emotional turmoil with physical pain. Wow. And that just, I guess that summarizes everything I've said here tonight. I go back to that all the time. I really carry this book as my, as my Bible to remind me, two, three pages at a time. That is so beautiful. Gary, are you on Facebook? 
I am not. I think it may be time <laughs> for this, for this. Yeah, okay. And yeah. uh, so we'll be on the lookout. Yeah, absolutely. Not for the, your, your, not for your day job, more for the mind, body, night job. That'd right, be because, exactly. Because I can't, the, the work job, it's, it's too much. I can't, I can't manage what I have now. So I can't, it's, it's, right. I have to know my boundaries. This is part of, this is part of the techniques I learned. Knowing the boundaries, know how much you can take on. You can't say yes to everything anymore. It's impossible. And knowing when to say no, that is beautiful. Gary, it was such a pleasure having you today. For all of our guests out there, don't forget that you are amazing. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.